You know, when uh, Christmas Eve hits on a Friday, and then Christmas on a Saturday, and then worship on Sunday, it kind of feels like when you reach down into that stocking and you pull out what you thought was just going to be a Snickers bar, but ends up being a little more. You also pull out a pair of socks. Did anybody get a pair of socks? I'm wearing them right now. Anybody reach down in there and pull out a loofah? That's that thing where you rub it against your body. It helps with the soap get everywhere. Very exfoliating. You got to try it. I got one. It's bright orange. What about an orange? Anybody reach into the stocking, pull out an orange? I mean, I pretend to be German, but I thought that was like a real German thing, no? Some of you are just letting me down. What about this? I know you all got this. A pair of lightsaber chopsticks. But you just keep reaching down and the gifts just keep coming. Now, you know as well as I do, you won't let me down this time, that no matter what gift you got in your stocking, the best gift you got for Christmas was, Evan, Jesus. Very good. And in our text today, the Christ child, God's gift of love given to us, isn't being born, but is more than likely just a little bit over a month old now. And unsurprisingly, As only being about a month old, he isn't doing very much in our text. A few more chapters, and the healings, and the miracles, and the lessons, and the sermons will come. But today, the infant Lord does little more than being passed back and forth from mom and dad to Simeon to Anna, and then back home for a well-deserved nap. So, why, why include this piece in the story of Jesus? Why, when so very little is written about our Savior as a child, Why include this? Now, I won't pretend to know entirely why this is included by St. Luke through the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you that even though the Christ child does very little here, we do have other people doing things. And remembering what St. Paul said in Romans 15, verse 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us through through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope, I say let us reach down into the metaphorical stocking and see what gifts are there. For no one is included in the Bible by accident. Whether a person's story is just a few verses or a book of the Bible to tell, it's there for our instruction. And you can look, the Bible is full of these flawed human beings, not superheroes. Flawed human beings who, like us, have their good moments and their bad moments. But all have been woven into God's great story of redemption and salvation. For in our text today, you will see that our Lord Jesus won't even make a sound, yet still everything will center around him. So Bible's out. We're looking at Luke chapter 2, or you can find the bulletin. It's right in there. Or on the screen, we're going to start at verse 22. When the time came for those purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph, Mary took him to Jerusalem, presented him to the Lord. As it was written, right, every firstborn male to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law, a pair of does or two young pigeons. See, our text starts with Mary and Joseph waiting for the purification rites to be finished and then taking Jesus to the temple. A little clarification here. The purification rites included that after seven days, on the eighth day, the boy was to be circumcised. Following the seven days, the mother then had to wait 33 more days before they could go, like I said, putting that baby a little over a month, maybe at about 40 days. 
And Mary and Joseph, in order to redeem, right, to offer the sacrifice for the firstborn, offer a pair of doves or two young pigeons. They offer the pair of doves or pigeons, which shows that Joseph and Mary were a poor couple and not rich. Or they would have offered the regular sacrifice, which would have been of a lamb instead of the pigeon and dove. Which leads us to our first gift to pull out here. The parents of Jesus were not wealthy. They come to the Lord here at the temple just as they are. Mary and Joseph come to the temple just as they are. Not trying to impress God or think that they needed to be something more important now that they were raising this child. Because what we see here is that Jesus has come to be with the poor with the broken, with the unqualified. You haven't forgotten, have you, that it was an unwed mother who bore and carried God, a common shepherds in the field who heard the news first, a marginalized, obscure town that got to be the place of that birth, and a very poor couple raising the Savior. And that can mean just one thing, that with Jesus, hope is here. Hope for each one of us. There is no having to have a certain status so that we can impress God and somehow earn his love. Which means that whether you are a cast off, not being accepted by your family, a dropout, an addict, burned out, or for those of us who have lost our way so many times we've lost count, there is room then at our Lord's table for us. Stressed out, worried, terrified of the right now. In the Lord, His mercies are new every morning. And we find that Christ has come to dwell with us, to hold our hands through our tears, to be with us and stand as one of us. Knows our name and will weave us too into His story. And will call us to walk with him one day at a time. Let's keep going in this text. We're going to see two people who show us a deep way of living the life God calls us to. The first is Simeon, right? Who is described there as righteous and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel, Holy Spirit upon him. Been revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so he goes to the temple courts. Simeon is described as a righteous and devout man. That is extremely high praise as far as biblical descriptions go. And apart from the praise of Simeon, we also see two very interesting things here in our text. One that he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. That was what was promised by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40, 49, all throughout 51, 61, 66, you name it. God speaking comfort to the people in the coming Messiah. Simeon was promised this, and he's waiting on that promise from God. And he's also expecting it, because God has promised him something, and he believes it will happen. And the second interesting thing is that he is moved by the Spirit, guided right where he is to be. Now, I don't know if it was like Peter when the angel came and told him where to go, or if he was just faithful and went to the temple that day as part of his routine, or there was something altogether different. 
But we can see that he is open to the Holy Spirit. He has a heart and a mind that is listening for what God is saying. We reach down and what do we see? We see a fantastic example of what it means to be called righteous and devout. To expect God to deliver on the promises that he has made to us at the birth of his child. The promises he has made to us in our baptism. The promises he has made to us at his table. The promises he has made that he will go before us and prepare a place for each one of us. It is far too easy to just think God doesn't care. God's not speaking to me, not answering me. God does not mind what I do. God's not really there. He has abandoned us. Look around. Where is God? Because if God was really here, then nothing would ever be bad. Because when things go wrong, and they always do, we abandon, we forget, and have a tendency to change course. But we are to expect God to deliver on his promises. We are to have open hearts and minds listening for the Savior's voice, guiding us through his word and spirit. See, I am convinced that Simeon had to wait years, lots of years. You don't say what he said. I can now depart in peace after only waiting for a few minutes, for a few days. He's called righteous and devout because no doubt there's a lot of waiting and hardships that he went through. It is very hard to wait. When the only God we think matters is the God of success and instant gratification. But I will remind you that it takes a while for a garden to grow. And I promise you that whether it is the dead of winter in your soul or springtime right now, the Lord is tending the garden of your soul. For I tell you the truth, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives today. Even when we cannot see it or feel it, He is there working Revealing God's promises to us in his word. Guiding us to follow Jesus, to share his love. And more than that, the Spirit is even interceding for us when we do not even know what it is we are to ask God. Going before us and preparing the good that we will do. Friends, the call here is to promise, to, be, to believe in the promise. Or you can choose not to. Because the middle ground, the lukewarm of believing when it's convenient, never lasts. But listen to what this man declared, a man who waited. He took the babe in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of of your people, Israel. When Simeon sees that Christ child, do you know that he picks up in his arms and says the very same words that Abraham called out to God? He says, Sovereign Lord. In Genesis 15, Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can you give me what you have promised? You haven't even given me a child.
He has given us a child indeed. So I ask you, what has he given you? You tell me. Where does your heart go first when you think about what the Lord has given you? For when we look for what Christ has done, what God has given us in Jesus, you are removing yourselves from the center of your life. And you are letting Christ Jesus be there. You are letting the light of Christ fill you, the same light that Isaiah talked about and we read on Christmas Eve, the one that shines in the darkness, the one that the Apostle John wrote about and said that the darkness cannot overcome it, the light that will bring all people to Jesus and the glory because he is the King of kings, the promised one, the holy one, who does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. What is Christmas if it is not us grabbing hold of the gift of God, the Christ child, who calls us his own? Who has shown through the darkness of our lives and has promised to come again. Who has not left us but has given us peace, joy, hope, love, light. All to fill us. And the child's father and mother, Mary Joseph, they marvel at this. And Simeon blesses them and then says, This child is destined to call the falling and rising of so many and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword to pierce your own soul. Joseph and Mary marveled. But I wonder when they looked back, did they think about how amazing it is to see that God had already begun touching lives and hearts of others through this child, Jesus? I can tell you that no matter how well you know Jesus, there is something special about seeing someone else come to see and know Jesus. Every baptism, every confession of faith, every time a hallelujah rings out at a funeral, Every time someone who has been gone for a long time is found, there is nothing like that. And in the midst of that joy and wonder, hard truths. For when hearts see their sin and our deeds are brought into the light, it's personal. And we must choose to stand and confess our sins, to be seen, or to hide, to rise in Christ Jesus. When Simeon says a sword will pierce Mary's soul, imagine what it is like to be the mother of a child crucified and died, to see your child suffer. But she is not alone in her suffering. Each one of us has been called to suffer with the Lord. An invitation to allow your heart to be pierced. To allow yourself to be vulnerable. To walk with others in their pain. 
to bring them and to let yourself experience Christ. That, that is what we are called to do. Then we're introduced to Anna, who had a little bit of experience, I think, with knowing pain and hurting. A widow, never leaving the temple, worshiping night and day. Now, as we look at this verse, is it behind me good? It says that she's from the tribe of Asher. That's the last tribe to be blessed by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 33. There's 12 tribes. And for a little extra fun here, anybody know what 12 times 7 is? 84. Very interesting to see a woman at 84 who comes from a tribe that perhaps was forgotten. All tribes, all parts of Israel, all people brought back to find joy in this Savior. Twelve tribes, seven meaning completion. Everyone has the child. I wonder how she made it. I wonder how she served God with total devotion. The text would hint that it would be worship and prayer. A lifetime of worship and prayer. Following Christ Jesus is difficult. Following Christ Jesus now, then, and in the future will be hard. But it is worth it. It is worth it because of the joy and the peace that comes from this Christ child. It is worth everything that it costs. Everything. And as we close out this text today, I'll remind you of this. You and I, our names will never be found or recorded in Scripture. But as children of God, we have become part of the redemption story. Part of the redemption story that God is still writing. It may be difficult, but the kingdom advances to this very day. And it is the word of God, Christ himself, who has come to dwell with us and lives inside of us, that sustains us and is the nourishing food that we need now and tomorrow as we go into this new year. Nourishing food for the battle that lies ahead. So I say we too come just as Mary and Joseph did, just as we are. Not waiting till we got it all right. But right now, to break free from everything that has hindered us, from everything that holds us back and makes us afraid, and instead, in the God who dwells among us, grow and become strong. Come to worship and hear the wisdom of our Lord and to receive the grace that He alone gives to open our hearts to the Spirit and listen for His voice that, that is what we do as we follow Jesus.